Welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am Caleb B, and that's where you can follow me on Twitter. Follow Greg at xmaserati. Follow the show at GC underscore cast. Follow the Social Suplex Podcast Network at Social Suplex. And today we're reviewing season one, episode 24 of Lucha Underground. The title is Trios Champions. Uh, I don't know if Greg has a working title he wants to put on it. I didn't notice anything in particular. We may stick with the run of the mill trios champions title, but um, we will see where things take us. Greg, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Thursday night, January 21st? Well, me and you have been talking all day, so you know my day's been pretty shit uh, as far as work goes and just everything else. Um, ready to call animal control on my neighbor because they leave their dog out till it's it, over here. It, it gets dark at like five. It's like pitch black mm-hmm. outside and they're leaving their dog out past seven and all it does is bark. So um, I'm not having the best day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And I am sorry to hear that. Um, but to brighten your day, I suggested we review some Lucha underground and, uh, we're reviewing one of the better episodes they've they put out so far. Wouldn't you agree? I I would actually say that I would act, not to one up you, but I would actually say it's probably one of the pivotal uh, shows of Lucha Underground. Like Grave Consequences is what we named the show. Uh, mm-hmm. But if this this episode if this episode had like a special match name or a special name for the episode itself, I mean, there's we could have possibly named the show after this. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I think this was also one of the pivotal episodes that pretty much gave Lucha its its uh, soul, almost. Yeah, and there's one particular moment in the main event that, like, immediately made this show a standout. The, if you were in the audience at this show, you probably you probably had the time of your life. I would yeah. say, because uh, this whole I feel like. Now, it's on a larger scale, but I feel like the only thing that would compare to that particular moment is one that I went to in person. I saw Edge return at the Rumble last year, but now, granted, I wasn't at Boyle Heights for this particular moment we're referring to. I mean, like you can like you can go to a huge concert for a known band like, let's say you're into, I don't know, uh, Crazy st- Town. <laughs> well, I'll go a little bit higher. Let's say maybe you go see... Uh, you, you go see like uh, U2 or, you know, Aerosmith or some name, huge name band that everyone knows about. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a great time. But this is like going to see an indie show or an indie, like uh, I say indie show, like it's uh, like a wrestling. But like this is seeing like a niche band, underground mm-hmm. band and just in a dirty bar, but having the best performance, the crowds into it, like just having an amazing show that kind of leads people to kind of almost gatekeep you have such a good time like oh yeah you love their new stuff but i was there you know at the one show <laughs> where <laughs> where we were throwing bottles at the uh the bar you know whatever like this oh, this yeah. is uh if you were there you probably had a, a time of your life especially if you were <laughs> the girl sitting next to davari <laughs> oh my god don't get me started yeah yeah uh oh the cat's out of the bag davari's on the show <laughs> yeah don't don't worry it's it's you're not again it's davari like yeah it's not a huge deal do you think well i'll wait to ask this question when we get to it but i i I have a question about how you feel about when he gets involved because i 
I noticed something kind of strange, I think. I think. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to that, because that's way further down the line in this episode, the first thing we see on this episode is we, we have Black Lotus talking to us, talking to the camera, saying, you know, she's still being she she's been in kid she's been kidnapped for like a month, blah blah blah. Um she's still being trained. Her master says she's not ready, but you know, her anger is her biggest weakness. No, it's my biggest strength. So we had that little uh cliche. We also had her uh fighting off dudes, so that was cool, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. almost uh we, we could almost title this, you know, <laughs> Black Lotus fails her Tiger Showman's purple belt evaluation because yeah. mm. what <laughs> she this was I, I I just wasn't into it. Um, it's, it's stupid. The choreography was kind of lame. You know, yeah. is he a luchador or is he a martial artist? They're asking a lot. They're asking for me to turn my brain off quite a bit. And a month, mm-hmm. like, okay, you're not ready for what? It's they, they like to implement karate and martial arts into this. It's cool and everything, but I could skip this part. <laughs> this this is a dumb. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how you feel about it. No, I definitely could, especially like, I don't know, Black Lotus, to me, even though she's all over the show, especially in the later seasons, she's such a nothing character. You know what, I, I think, I'm glad you said that, because is she in any other shows? Because like, I don't, she doesn't look familiar. I don't think I've ever seen her on any other promotion. Okay, so I knew her as, and it's odd that I knew this, because I loved, well, it's not odd that I knew this. I knew this for a reason. I loved like the last year or so of the WWE's ECW and mainly because Christian was running the whole thing. But um, she was the ring announcer for ECW. She was her, her ring name was Savannah for what it's worth. So is she generic Savannah? Has she wrestled before or after Lucha Underground? Not that I was aware of. No. And, I, and I'm not even insinuating she's bad. I don't remember her matches. I don't think she was ever doing anything that like I don't think I've seen a match in Lucha Underground because she is in at least one or two where yeah. I was like, oh, she's terrible. Oh, she's awful. Get her <laughs> out of there. Like she's I, I if I remember correctly, she's fine. But this character, like you said, it's this is a major storyline that I could care less about. Like it's a major mm-hmm. storyline. Um, yeah. They have, no, it is. Absolutely. It's, it's just At- I don't think it pays off. It kind of, to me, like you were saying on the one episode, how they were planning on, did you tell me on, on the air what they were planning to do with Ivelisse? Oh, with, uh, what she may or may not have done in the third season. Yes. I don't know if that was on the air or not. No. Well, there, should we say it? Well, nah, no, (laughs) I know that's a bit of a cock tease for the listeners out there, but, but well, sorry, it'll, it'll, we don't want to get into spoiler territory. Maybe we can because it didn't happen. OK, OK, yeah, yeah. They were planning to put the belt on Evil East in the third season. Yeah, you said in the Aztec warfare. Yeah, but she had a glass ankle. So they're like, ah, nah, we're good. Yeah. It, and if that had happened, like I was telling you, that probably would have been awful uh, because yeah. Evil East and I'll bring it up when we get to the match. Like she she was good, but her character's weird. Her character is never really a f- true face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't get at into her. At best, an anti-hero. At best. And it would have been a weird decision to put the belt on her. And this is one of those weird 
things where I think Lucha Underground kind of they worked real hard to push this. I give them all the credit in the world. They they put every all their energy into this. But Black Lotus wrestles like twice. So this is all this yeah. is kind of like the Conan promos to me. Is that it's a <laughs> lot of promos for a person that's not going to be in your ring and is not going to be a major star on your show. Why? Yeah. Who knows, know. man? Do you feel the same way? Like I just don't understand this. Yeah, I again, she was such a nothing character to put so much steam behind her and put her in such a a big storyline. It seems really weird. It's just weird that they didn't have her wrestle more. Like I'm serious when I think yeah. she wrestled twice, maybe, and I'm pushing it. That twice. sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> and uh, and that match was awesome. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. do you know if there was any reason why they didn't maybe they were actually training her to wrestle this whole time do you think maybe they were doing that honestly i have no idea that would make sense but i'll, I'll stop uh slowing the show down <laughs> hey you're not no it's all good man that's why we're here bro we take like 30 minutes most week it's not a bit most weeks it's not a big deal um Oh, by the way, Sergio Arua playing us in yet again. This one was amazing. Did you notice how awesome this was, man? They were singing a a uh, what song were they singing? They were just singing it in Spanish. It was a regular famous song. Do you remember? Yeah, I I don't know. If I don't we know heard it, I don't want to guess. Yeah, I, I I couldn't guess, but I, I it was a a cover. But yeah, they the crowd yeah. loves them. It's kind of cool seeing yeah. a band open a show. Yeah, absolutely. We need more of that. Makes it gives it kind of like a late night show kind of mm-hmm. feel, like where you're in for a show. Uh, I kind I like it. I think it gives yeah. it some uh, some flavor. And another bit of uh, some salt, detail. if you will, for your yes. chicken. <laughs> yeah, you got to put some salt on the chicken, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some Mrs. Dash. Oh, that's yeah, it. Some, yeah, no, yes, no Mrs. Spice. Dash. Yep. <laughs> Oh, sorry if that's that chicken has a little too much kick for you. Added some Mrs. Dash. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're so white. Um, we apologize. Hey, the, the trio's belts were on the announcers' table. That was awesome. They look great. They do. I'm gonna that's say two it, for I, two on belts. By the way, I think they're. I think me and you were talking about belts. I'm kind of. These belts look better than the AEW tag belts. I think they look better than the WWE tag belts. Yep. Um, don't I can't picture any other belts in my head right now because of the memory issues. But uh, yep. these are these are nice looking belts. They're damn good. Yeah. Sorry, I said two for two. I meant two for three because I forgot the original Lucha Underground title, which was eh, but it was really small. It was kind of weak. I mean, compared to the belt yeah. they got later, I think that was just a, a placeholder in general. Because <laughs> yeah. their previous belt was Do you think they like, designed that with the intent of like, hey, we're going to have Cage rip that belt up? I think what happened was they ordered the belt they wanted and it didn't get there in time. So they, <laughs> and I'm 100% serious. I think so they made like a cheapo belt and they're like, you know what? Once that new belt comes in, we'll, we'll, we'll do something with it. And then Cage ripped it in half, which was a cool moment. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Like Shaq tearing down a rim, man. Um, first match of the night, Sexy Star versus Pentagon Jr. And before the match started, one detail I loved is like, OK, we're a week removed from Pentagon trying to break Melissa Santos's arm. She didn't forget about that because you could tell in how she announced Pentagon and how she left the ring as soon as he got there. 
Like she didn't care for him, doesn't respect him, fears him, but certainly does not respect him. It's some good attention to detail. Uh, mm-hmm. Week to week, knowing that you know she could at any moment he could <laughs> try to break her arm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Man, what the hell? I need to quit writing down. Um, I, I need to quit watching these shows late at night because I wrote down a sentence that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. What's Mark was impressed. Mark was impressed by the power bomb into the long lung blower. Uh, am I Mark? Is I is Stryker you're about Mark? Stryker. You're talking about Stryker. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Because uh, this an, an, another alternate title for this show might be the night of the worst lung breakers because. None of them look good to me. Like they all fell before they hit. Like there's at least five lung breaker moves, mm-hmm. and every single one of them, the person taking the hit, fell to the mat before they landed on the other person's knees. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed so, that. No, no, I did. I did. Now that you mention it, I mean, Sexy Star hit one that looked pretty good in my opinion. But, but no, now that you mention it, yeah, there was a few that oh really stuck out. <laughs> I think hers might have been the only true lung breaker because mm-hmm. she actually did land all of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, when the show, oh. when I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say another alternate title we could use for this episode is McDojo Two electric boogaloo. All right. It's done. Nice. That's what it'll be. Nice. I was going to say, uh, Vampiro started off this match, comparing it to sexy star biting off more than she could chew. Being covered in blood in the middle of the ocean at night and Pentagon being a shark smelling blood. That's pretty much exactly what this match was. Just Pentagon just playing with his food. Uh, Yeah. And they hit on I I like the commentary points where they hit on like, yeah, she was abused as a kid. She was abused in relationships like she's been abused. They didn't, you know, pussyfoot around anything. Did you see that video of Kelly on Kelly and Conway's? daughter was recording Kellyanne abusing her verbally and like throwing what stuff at hell? her. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, it, and it's like, it's bad abuse. Like the girl's like just freezing up and just, you know, but that's kind of what, what they're saying with sexy is that like, she was going through like, just she, it, Vampiro says abuse since childhood. Like I, when I, I thought the the whole story was sexy was that she was just in abusive relationships, but Vampiro yeah. saying since birth. Yeah. So you can, you can, you can bully oh. her, you can pick on her, but she's been through it. So like you got to eventually you got to, if you want to win the match, you got to put her down and that's yeah. what Pentagon failed to do. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're talking multiple power bombs into lung blowers, multiple attempts at breaking the arm. Didn't work out. Eventually, again, Sexy hit that lung blower and then a roll-up, huge roll-up to get the win. And this was a huge win for Sexy Star, but, you know, you get the feeling the feud isn't over. Yeah, they, they you get the feeling that she was the underdog and she not stole it, but uh, because it was an impressive lung breaker. And, and this is kind of like why I like Joshi wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. because sometimes when the women do moves that uh, the guys will do, that won't end the match when it, it looks like it should end the match when the women do it. And I can't explain yeah. to you why, but that lung breaker, like let's say if uh, Trent or uh, Chucky e. T did it, that wouldn't end the match. Right. Yeah. But here, it, yeah. it, and this was done on a man Pentagon. 
and it still looked like it should end a damn match, and it did. Uh, it, it, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to articulate it, but it's just weird how some wrestlers can do moves that others can't to finish a match. And I like that. Yeah, I, I love it when a when a strong lariat wins a match. I like it when a you know a tiger suplex wins a match. You know, I like that because it means the moves can at any moment you can lose. And with Sexy Star, yeah. that's with this match, that's what they're portraying is that she can put you away. Like Pentagon's dangerous, but if you don't take her seriously, she's gonna put you away. Yeah, um, I also liked that. You know, when when Sexy won the match, Melissa Santos made the announcement, and she was very excited. She uh, she didn't hide any bias whatsoever. She didn't she didn't hide her bias. Nor should she. Well, I mean, you know, she's not being a very she's not exuding integrity in that regard because her job as a journalist, as a broadcaster, uh, you, you got to be a little bit unbiased. But you know, I guess one one part of this match did try to break your arm, so maybe I could let it slide. Are the ring announcers considered journalists? Uh, maybe not, but they are certainly broadcasters. That's for sure. They are. Okay. I guess I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, Melissa, as the audience will see, is that she's a character too. She is. Yes, she is a good character too. Yeah. Uh, she is extremely likable as a character, which tells you that this show is scripted. Why is she not (laughs) likable in real life? Everything I've heard about her leads me to believe that she is not that likable IRL. Oh, wow. Maybe that's why she refused our cameo request. (laughs) That might be. That might be. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that. I guess that could be classified as prejudging. But again, everything I've heard leads me to believe. And not so not so likable IRL, which I mean, eh, it's your prerogative, I guess. But things will be said. That's all. It's weird because when I watch not Dynamite, when I watched Impact on Twitch, she they have her hosting the Twitches. And the and the crowd or the audience on Twitch and the channel, they love her. Uh, yeah. And there's just chats going up and down about how much they love her. You know, uh, <laughs> you can't even say anything in the chat because um, I said something about Lucha Underground. <laughs> quickly got got buried. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, people Amazing. were uh, simping pretty hard. Those simps, simping ain't easy, man. <laughs> Is she, she's still with Kane, so way, watch him catch you simping to her. You, you might be oof, a body bag. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, highly possible. Highly possible. It's oh, by the it. way, this drops like this drops the morning after our Blade episode on Eddie and Caleb Zerocast. So double dose of Greg and Caleb. That's good, right? <laughs> I just wanted dead air for it to be more awkward. Just leave me out in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man oh sorry it's it, it was the simping that reminded me of oh vampire simp oh blade <laughs> good stuff um you know it'd be funny if they remade blade and they actually use terms like nowadays like blade i would love to see wesley snipe calling people soy boys and simps <laughs> wait so you think you think blade would be like an alt-right vampire hunter i don't think he'd have to be an all right to call people simps do you uh, that's fair enough. Well, yeah, but you said soy boy. Well, I mean, a uh, new male is a term that was uh, came up from the left, I believe. So uh, I hate it. I think you can. <laughs> no, new male is pretty funny. I'll send you some memes. If you okay. Don't, if you don't right. know what it means. It's pretty. It's the same thing as soy boy. 
Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's funny. Next up, John, Johnny Mundo's minding his own business, working out in the locker room. And Alberto El Patron comes up and does his best version of my dad, not dying, <laughs> but rather being a oh dick. <laughs> being a dick for as long as he can. And then when someone shoves back, he's like, whoa, 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 what's your problem? Like, obviously, I love my dad, but he would do that a lot to my mom. And like, we, you know, we even laugh about it to this day, but he would do that a lot. He would, you know, like kind of maybe lightly tease, poke and prod, do it a lot to the point where my mom would lash out and then he would get indignant about it. And that's what Alberto did here. It's what you do in the group chat every day. (laughs) That's fair enough. That's fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, Alberto's like, man, like you're in that trios match tonight, right? Oh, wait, no, you're not. Is, and Patron's supposed to be a oh. face, right? Like, I don't get his character on the fucking show. I think his character is just that of a dick. Like, I think that's it. it may, he makes me like Tejano, dude. Yeah, that's hard to do, man. Um, he should be a heel. Eventually, yeah, he should. Eventually, Naturally, Johnny's I fucking like, hate him. Yeah, as you should, as we know. But, um... <laughs> eventually Johnny just gets like he's like he's had it so he's like hey hey be careful I'm not some guy you can slap around which direct reference to why Alberto got fired from WWE a few months prior to this it was like a good uh, little callback Patron said something about not being able to reach the brass wing brass ring so I don't know if this was around Mm -hmm. that time that uh, Vince McMahon said that you remember when Vince said it on the Stone Cold podcast about Actually, people. yeah, I do. I do. I, I wonder if this was around the same time because they love taking shots um, at WWE. This aired in April, so I'd say it's possible they filmed that because that was that podcast was done in early December 2014. So highly possible this came out after or was filmed after. Because Patron t- said that, hey, you never this is your story, Johnny. You can never reach that brass ring. And then Johnny says <laughs> the line about, well, you, I'm not just some guy you can slap around. Yeah. And that's when Alberto here is like some like, okay, you talk shit to someone for so long. Eventually, they're going to send some of the dozen, the dozens back and then you get offended somehow. I don't think he was actually offended. I think he was just mad that he lost the exchange. So he was like, yeah. he just uh, recalibrated the, the conversation like a bully does. <laughs> like someone that's a bully in conversations how they'll uh you may he maintained the frame like he's framing the conversation like oh you're out of line what do you mean uh it's a dick move oh absolutely i agree absolutely but after that we had our main event of the evening the trios finals we have the team of the whole ass cowboy machines that's right tejano brian cage and jesus christ king cuerno man i'm having a night i tell you then we had Team Havoc, as I call them, of Son of Havoc, Ivelisse, and Angelico. And then we had what I'm calling Rick's family. We have Big Rick, Killshot, and The Mac. And this was lots of, lots of spots, man. Spots all over. This was all high. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Spots. Good mm-hmm. ones. Like not I didn't notice too many people helping each other through their moves. It's just people just landing big shots. And yeah. frankly, it was 90% in Helico just getting his ass whooped. Like, yes. Almost the whole match. Mm-hmm. And um Oh, at one point Vampiro is on commentary and he compares Tejano's offense to the to the swing of Reggie Jackson. It's like, what the hell, dude? Like that guy played in like the seventies. <laughs> That's your think, problem. And Stryker, Stryker even calls him yeah. out. He's like, like it's twenty fifteen. You couldn't say Giancarlo Stanton. Like, what, what's your problem? Yeah, he, he was right. I, I, get, I get the impression that Vampiro probably didn't watch baseball after like the nineties. I would bet. You might be right. Like most of America. He was too busy in vampire cults studying darkness. I was too busy being a being a bodyguard for Millie Vanilli. Any of those lies. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, at one point the action spills out into the ring, and we alluded to this earlier. And old rich feller, at least that's the impression we get you know, is ran into by Tejano and he's had it glasses, shirt come off, drink goes down. It's by God, it's Sean Davari. And I love the, uh, the overlap because, uh, I've recently been watching 2005 raw and SmackDown and, and the pay-per-views and everything. And like, we're just now seeing, um, Oh, Muhammad Hassan. So seeing Davari, you know, 10 years apart and like seeing him. Oh, okay. Now he's bald and jacked and blah, blah, blah. And in this, he's like relatively a skinny wimp and he's just a manager. It's such a fun, um, contrast, you know? Now it was funny cause Muhammad Hassan's career was ruined because of all that terrorist stuff he was yep. doing. Right. How come? Yes. Well, it was ruined by the fact that, um, he did a quote-unquote terrorist attack on The Undertaker on SmackDown that happened to air on the same day of a London bombing. It's weird that his career ended. I think maybe he just wanted it to end because Davari's still... Davari was in Ring of Honor a few years ago. Yeah. Davari's been all over, man. Like He went to TNA, went to Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground. He's, he's been back in TNA. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's doing all right for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, like Davari's just beating the crap out of the beating the crap out of Tejano throws him into that pile of chairs. Um, eventually, like just throws him back into the ring. And that leads to the elimination of whole ass cowboy machines. And I feel like they're no more. Yeah, that was probably and this is the weird part is the crowd was into it. They loved mm-hmm. watching Davari beat the crap out of Tejano. Now, mm-hmm. In your idea, in your mind, does that say more about how much Tejano sucks or about uh, how good Davari is? Because, you know, that image that he had from WWE, that's kind of hard to get rid of. You know, that's why Muhammad it's, Hassan's not around. Yeah, I think it's one of those things of like, I think the temple was legit just like so shocked that like 
even though like if you got a close look because he was in glasses for the most time so they did kind of try to go incognito with him but if you got a close enough look you know it was davari but even then the temple was still like the reaction was like oh my god this guy's this guy was in the crowd he's beating the crap out of him holy hell so i think that may have been where the reaction came from i don't think it was from davari himself because like and i mean davari's fine but like He's never really done a lot to stand out for me anyway. Nor for anybody. Um, yeah, I think anyone that didn't know he was a wrestler, seeing him in the in the crowd, uh, and even especially when Matt Stryker was like, hey, this the temple brings all kinds to the to the to the to the temple. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think if you if you didn't know, uh, then you probably think wrestling is still real. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, and at some point during all that nonsense, Ivelisse fucked up her ankle. You know, I, I have two points about that. It's like, I don't know if you noticed, but she was kind of limping on her way to the ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. No. I have a theory that she her ankle was broken going into this match, and that's why it didn't seem like they were scrambling to do spots. Uh, it probably got worse as the match went on, but she was limping on her way down. As she was walking out, she was just kind of limping. And they didn't have the camera on her to watch her going down the stairs. Uh, I think they knew about it. I think they planned around it successfully. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's the other fair, thing, man. The other thing was uh, early in the match, there was actually a spot where Brian Cage was. He did a double suplex on Killshot and in Helico. And I don't know if you noticed it, but he started to waver to one side in Helico's side. He almost dropped them. But Killshot being the professional he is, he actually reached his hand across and stopped Angelico's body from falling forward. And Cage, all Cage had to do was twist a little bit, and he was able to save the suplex. It's kind of a crazy spot. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, oh, my God. Oh, at one point, Stryker asked Vampiro for, like, hey, between these two teams, who's winning? And Vamp tries to cop out, says, oh, I think the fans and Stryker, I like you. he calls him out. He says, are you running for prime minister? Give me a straight answer. <laughs> and Vamp uh, immediately says, oh, I'll take Big Rick. So he he had to pull it out of him. But, you know, Vampiro was on the side of Big Rick and company. And uh, I don't blame him. But as it turns out, he was wrong. <laughs> like somehow, some way. Team Havoc wins this match. Follow the angel on kill shot and Angelico gets the win. That and Angelico did the craziest looking buckle bomb on kill shot, I believe. Yes. Uh, and this is one of those things again where the finish is so good that you don't look weak losing to it. Like it looked mm-hmm. like it sucked. And, and you know, even though uh they lost to the underdogs, it didn't it didn't even make kill shot, the person who took the pin, look weak. Uh, it, it looked like the kind of finisher where like it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter yeah. how well you've been doing. You get hit by it, you're done. Uh, it was a great buckle bomb. And, you know, my only problem with this match, and it was also the same kind of problem, the small, small nitpicking problem is that it was 90% offense from Killshot's team and then 100% of Angelico taking all the offense uh, and just not, just never quitting. Uh, they they kind of yeah. almost were did it to make up for Angelico being a geek for the last however weeks he's been on the show months. Like yeah. he's been he's been portrayed as a geek. So this was kind of his redemption was him surviving this gauntlet almost. 
Yeah, well, that's not his main redemption. His main redemption would come later on in the series. But um, as it turns out, the the show's not over. Dario Cueto comes out of his office as the crowd celebrating um, along with, uh, you know, Havoc and Ivelisse and Angelico. And I love that the look on Dario's face, like he looked shocked. Like he did not expect this would work out whatsoever. Like, oh, my God, this team of three people who absolutely despise each other, a former a former couple are on this team. And somehow they won the tournament. They won their qualifier and they won the elimination match to win the title. Or so we thought. Dario is a good actor. The guy that plays him. Uh, Yes. Luis Fernandez Gill. He's great. Absolutely. You know, he had a bit part on uh, It's Always Sunny and like the. God, like maybe like season 11 or something. Yeah, he was a doctor. I remember that. Scene. Yes. Yes. Because it was around the same time as Lucha Underground. So I was kind of like, wow, that's cool. But proving once again, as we all know, the first and so far only commandment of Lucha Underground, Dario Cueto is a dick. He congratulates Team Havoc. And then so I was like, well, you know, you won the match, but you didn't win the titles yet because there's one more team in this tournament and I handpicked them. And you know what? Just to make it, you know, even more interesting, we're going to have a no DQ match and out comes the crew. Yeah, this was a good way to get heat on the crew and Dario. But Mm -hmm. also, I think this adds to the redemption and it makes them look from because they're going through a gauntlet this this yes. episode this makes them look like they damn well deserve those titles not like they they managed to steal them but the next time they're they're still underdogs this makes them look like they these belts were made for them um just by being able to endure all this yeah absolutely I, and i noticed because this this last match was uh, the true main event the unadvertised main event was rather short but a lot of it was ivalice playing the face in peril she was because her ankle was just so shot yeah. at this point. Um, and then and you got to give Lucha Underground credit. They don't give up on people just because they're my, you know, moderately injured. Um, mm-hmm. They're still trying to, you know, have her go out there and uh, they could have easily just passed on this trio's team, but they, they saw something in them. And, uh, you know, considering she's injured, she did fine. She did great. I mean, a lot of heart. Because it's she's standing on this this damn ankle that's made of glass. Yeah, she's a uh, one legged woman in an ass kicking contest, and it shows because I mean, ninety percent of this match is just the crew dominating them and beating the crap out of them. And at one point, Bale takes Angelico to the roof, leaves him there. Son of Havoc is brawling along the guardrail with Cisco, who does a suplex from the rail to the floor to him, and they're just be- getting the crap beaten out of them. And he botched that suplex, too. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Um, Ivelisse was, like, like, barely kicking her leg at one point. And eventually, she's alone in the ring. She's getting choked out by uh, Castro. And Stryker is do- Stryker's doing, his, doing his best job so far. You know, he's selling just how, like, hopeless the situation is. And all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, from the heavens, the dive... And Helico from the roof of Dario Cueto's office onto the crew, dispersing the Rudos, just taking care of them in one fell swoop. It was wild. 
Dude, I think that spot he jumped from, I think that's actually above Dario's office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's pretty, it's a crazy sick dive. I mean, I think he's lucky they caught him uh, because it's a simple crossbody, but it was so awesome. Yeah, because he didn't just fall. Like sometimes when you see people climb high spots, they just fall with their dive. Yeah. Their jump. Yeah. You know, and I'm scared of heights, so you won't even see me get that high. But like he, he launches, like he gets up in the air and then lands. Like you kind of like, here's the thing. Like, it's not only is it a dangerous dive, but he had to be able to look at it and see like controlling your, how far your jump goes. Right. He had to control being able to make it that far and not Mm -hmm. overshoot. Like there's a lot of technical parts of this that could have gone very badly, but there is a huge margin of error. Yeah, like, I mean, because how often do you practice jumping? I don't know. How, I'm not good at distances at all. Would you say that's like 30 <laughs> feet above the ring? Mm, highly, probably, yeah. Let's say 30. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm ex, uh, being hyperbolic at all. But, like, you have to jump towards the ring because it's not directly over the ring. It's, like, adjacent no. to it. Yeah. Like, it's really adjacent. It's in the corner of the temple off to the side so he had to kind of like he had to clear a lot of distance with that dive yeah and hit two people that are kind of small for wrestlers yes yeah exactly and make sure he didn't hit ivalice on the way down like Mm -hmm. it's crazy a lot of margin for error (laughs) oh man after this dive ivalice takes the kendo sticks and swings away swings away man and Helico, Son of Havoc, eventually get up. They both hit the corners. Ivelisse, at this point, is directing traffic, waving them up to the top row, uh, the top turnbuckle. Son of Havoc hits a shooting star press, and Helico hits a Warrior's Way foot stomp. Son of Havoc gets the pin and the win. Oh, my God. Team Havoc beat not one, not two, but three teams tonight to become the inaugural Lucha Underground Trios champions. This is amazing. You know, you just something you just said also pointed out it was the first time Ivelisse was giving instructions and it was correct and yes. it didn't interfere. So, like, they, they yeah. grew as a team just overall. Yeah. So, you remember, uh, this was probably a couple months back now. I said, like, hey, watch how this story goes. It's going to end beautiful. It's going to get to a point where it's beautiful and you may even cry. This was that moment. <laughs> did you cry? <laughs> truly, again? I didn't. I almost did. Bitch. I was too tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd oh, say yes. Man. No. Uh, beautiful, man. Beautiful. And Matt Stryker was doing his damnedest again, putting over like, hey, no one believed in these guys. And they're still here. And they've excelled. It's, no, it's truly re- remarkable. This was lightning in a bottle because not mm-hmm. only did the commentation, the commentary team, and this is why we've been so critical of them in the earlier episodes is because this is where we kind of started the show and they're just on fire, you know, and Vampiro is there, but, (laughs) and then the team, like the redemption storyline, like everything they were bad at, they got good at, they got good at working as a team. Uh, and Helico stopped being a dick and actually saved Ivelisse, uh, as, as an actual gentleman, as opposed to an actually like a chivalrous gentleman. That's a great character evolution. They all evolved, and and you know I, I would say even Havoc evolved the most simply. He just got good. He he got mm-hmm. good. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
but even the, the double finish at the end uh, where he does the shooting star and he does the uh, double foot stomp, you know, the, the ref, they, they both went for the pin <laughs> just for the, yeah. just for the, uh, the visual picture of it. Uh, yeah. The crew, the crew are a bunch of geeks. Uh, I, yes, I, I, they are. I, but, but, uh, you know, they came in fresh as a daisy against a team who just went to war. It just makes them more of geeks. And I, I, I bet you if I were Dario, I'd make one of them pay. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that, Greg? I don't know. I'd be pissed, man. Like they're, they can't put away, uh, you know, a girl of a broken ankle that went through a yeah. match, you know, and yeah. two other geeks that were just murdered by Big Rick, the Mac yeah. a guy called the Mac. It's called the Max, yes. like a Mac truck. You know, yeah. A guy called Killshot. Uh, mm-hmm. And you deal with a machine, not even a person, a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. A guy that's literal hunter who hunts people. The, the most dangerous yeah. game, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hunt. You don't hunt people. You know, so uh, they're geeks. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They are. And we'll see where things go from there. But I mean, this was one of the most wholesome moments in Lucha Underground history. Wouldn't you agree? God, it's one of the few. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, my God, a lot of Lucha Underground is just like almost misery porn. But (laughs) this is like full blown Sophie's Choice misery porn. But this is just amazing and wonderful. And the good guys won against all odds. The good guys won, man. This is, you know, when you tell your kids you can be anything, you know, anything you set your mind to, you can do it. This is the type of um, moment that you cite and say, hey, you can do it, too. If, if by God, if Ivalice can win the trio's title on one leg. You can run this marathon or whatever. And that's not And this was real. Her ankle was really hurt. There is a part where when they win the titles, Havoc goes to hug her like because he's just in the in the moment. And yeah she falls and he just walks away <laughs> like he's done with her like he kicked her to the curb yeah. but like and i think in character she's just kind of like god damn it because <laughs> she yeah. was in pain and the, there was even a yeah. few moves where like they went to grab the leg and she was wincing uh mm-hmm. who who is the guy uh not not cisco not not bail um castro 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 was biting her on the forehead because he couldn't do much of her. you couldn't pick her up and you couldn't slam her so he's choking her he's stomping on her uh, yeah. They as heels, they have to go for the leg, and I I think mm-hmm. maybe they didn't know where her injury exactly was when she went into it. I think she went in with a minor injury that turned into a worse yeah. injury. That um, makes sense. I I felt bad for her, man, and that that kind of helped add yeah. to her because uh, I think everyone knew that she was injured and they were rooting for her. Like she had that injured, like you know when they worked the leg, <laughs> her leg was really hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just wonderful truly wonderful i guess uh so, there's no ending there was no ending scene so i guess we could nope unless, Did, unless didn't need one unless you wanted to add more to the show i guess we could reveal it yeah no i uh, guess we can uh, give our grade our letter grade and um i would give this a i was so close to giving this an a but i gotta give it a b plus purely because that black lotus vignette was so lame Hmm. I have to give it an A because it is a titular episode, and that that you can skip that that opening segment. I mean, I had a problem with the uh, sexy star match just because I think it was a mistake to give Penta an L. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I just, I'm like, I get it. It makes it'll pay off. It'll be fine. Well, that and not only that, like it extends the story. It does. It's I'm 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 trying to grade things in a vacuum, uh, mm-hmm. but also trying to I'm trying to eat my cake and and uh, have my cake and eat it too because I want to view it in a vacuum, but I also can't. I also need to think about future episodes so I grade accurately. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll give it an A minus. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. But man, what a what an episode! What a what a moment and. It only gets better from here. This was uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We keep cutting each other off. We're we're gonna have to uh, go back into the temple, learn uh, <laughs> how to work together. Yeah, we'll we'll have to go to the McDojo. There we go. If we have enough money, we can buy our belts. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. So, what else can the people listen to on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, Gregory? Now, I was just gonna say. Um, watch our other shows um, because maybe we don't name them all. Just watch our other shows. We got like seven. They're all great. We cover all the wrestling mm-hmm. promotions. Uh, even yeah. 8-Bit Suplex covers uh, video games too. Yeah. Uh, uh, One Nation Radio covers other sports as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Politics too sometimes. Uh, or current events maybe. It's a better, better way to phrase it. Yeah. Keep, keeping a strong style. Covering New Japan. Uh, we have um, great match we've generator. We've a show from, yeah, great match generator. That's a good one. You know, as the name kind of suggests, they generate great matches and they watch them and review them. Uh, we even have a couple of buddies from across the pond that do a show, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Truly great stuff. Great guys too. Yep, and uh, uh, all things elite with Floyd. Um, did you know? I didn't know I got in first place, but I got in first place for, for the AEW contest on, on his show. Really? Yeah. Really? Gave, so, yeah. What I'd did won you a, win? A $100 gift certificate to AEW shop. Oh, man. I'm sorry you have to use it on AEW shop. Dude, I got their uh, joggers. I got I yeah. got their joggers. I got a pin that's a replica of the heavyweight belt. Okay. And I, uh, I got another hoodie, too, because I, I can never have enough hoodies. Yeah, because all your hoes are stealing them from you. I wish. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry I said hoes. I'll never do that again. Um, God. All Things Elite. Oh, Grown Men Watch This Shit. That's indie stuff. Um, great show. Great show. Don't think we missed anybody. If we did, I sincerely apologize. Wait, I'm DJ does we- two shows? Does DJ do uh, two shows? Does he still do Get in the Ring? Or is he retired that one? I don't remember. <laughs> well, it's in the archives, folks. You can listen to the old stuff for sure. Um, if not, we'll blame Greg. Uh, we'll say Greg made the mistake here. Um, wow. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we can get out of here. Word. Yeah. You got to do folks, your catchphrase. Yeah, of course I do. Come on now, it's part of the gimmick. If you don't Although, do your catchphrase, there will be grave consequences. No, th- damn it, don't you dare. <laughs> you know, some people might tell you dreams don't come true. Those people, <laughs> like lots of people, they'd be wrong. And sometimes when you're wrong, there's only grave consequences.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.